Test. Test, test. Wow. Test, test. Look at us go. Just Look at us making go. Making money moves. Making money moves. On the podcast. So you're getting into music officially. Yeah. Trying. To. Trying. I don't know. Attempting. Att- I'm attempting. attempting. Yeah. Attempting. It's an attempt. Maybe you'll make a world premiere. Maybe what? it'll suck us. We'll see. We'll, we'll see, see how it goes. Uh, making a lot of money moves. Yes. Lots of different crazy things going uh, on for the both of us. That's right. And you know what? We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. Still haven't heard back from that job. Look at this character arc of the of, yeah. okay, <laughs> the character arc. You know, it, you know, it's really a positive change. A positive change. Arc. You know, the right. eight steps of the, yeah. the circle. <laughs> you know? uh, we're gonna talk about some uh, sad things that have hasn't happened recently, um, and we're gonna talk about cancel culture today as well, um, because just some stuff that's happening uh, recently has been absurd. Absurd, uh, but. We'll talk about that in the podcast. Welcome to Small Small YouTube Channels Talk. Roll, Roll the, the intro. Warning, the following pre-recorded podcast will blow your mind. Broadcasting to Anchor, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Recorded in Cole's parents' basement. This is Small Small YouTube Channels Talk. Welcome back. This is Small Small YouTube Channels channels Talk. My name is Jack Unruh. And my name is Cole James Anderson. Glad to have you back. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy Friday. Yo, dude, we're doing so well. We're recording the podcast on a Wednesday and not a Thursday the day before. Literally unheard of. Literally unheard of. This is uh, is unprecedented. Unprecedented. This is history. This is history being made. Wow. This will be talked about for years to come. (laughs) The fact that we recorded (laughs) on a Wednesday. Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, we hope you guys have had a good week. Uh, we know that um, the week kind of started off kind of shitty with yes. uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant Terrible and his young daughter and uh, what was it, seven other people yeah. in, the, in the helicopter. It was a helicopter crash in Southern California, I want to say. Um, terrible, terrible tragedy. Um now, I don't know anything about basketball. Could you maybe give me insight on well, uh, Kobe? Basically... <sighs> He is, he's like, okay, so obviously my favorite player of all time is Michael Jordan. Like, I think he's the greatest of all time. Of course. But if you take Michael Jordan out of the equation, Kobe Bryant is the best player to ever play the game. And he is, he's just the coolest guy ever. You know, no right. drama. He's just, you know, he's just a cool guy. You can tell he's like a really good dad. That's what everybody says about him. You know, right. he's just the nicest guy. And like, I just freaking love Kobe. And like, when I heard that he died, I was just like, oh, it's, it's kind of a, re- a weak ruiner, right. honestly. You know right. what I mean? Like, and I haven't, I've never really like actually like teared up at the passing of like a, a celebrity, a celebrity. Or something like and that. like this one, like I almost started crying like, yeah. because of this, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like super sad. Like, yeah. Like when Joaquin Phoenix passes away for me, that'll be like, it's something like that. Like somebody sure. to look up to. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, that I, yeah. So I don't, I don't know a lot about, uh, basketball, but but we were talking about this um, earlier uh, because of a project that Jack is currently working on. That we're not going to spoil. Not gonna we're spoil. not going to spoil. But we were talking. We were we were talking about the subject of Kobe Bryant, and I, and I did say I was like, you know, I don't I don't know anything about him, but I I do know. Like it definitely does say the fact that people would scream Kobe, you know, when For like sure. making like a shot, yeah. Um, Especially us, like me, who 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 would never make the shot, we always scream <laughs> it, just for that extra bit of luck. Because you know, it, if he has, if he's built himself such a legacy where that became a thing, and that's yeah. unheard of. And and you see all the different types of people that are impacted by this. You can see like the reach he had, right, on the world, like just the way he lived and the way he was. Um, did you know that he actually had a couple film companies that he started? Like he was really? he was into film. Really? He made an Oscar winning short. Really? Yeah. Wait, did he like direct it or write it or, yep. or what? Yeah. Wow. Yep. And it was it was like an animation and it was called Deer Basketball. Oh. And okay. it's right about something new. Yeah. And like when you watch it, like now, especially after he died, it's just like, ugh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And yeah, he so he was like he was gonna do a lot with like film and he was just getting into that kind of side of things, which I thought was super cool. Yeah. Which all the more sucks that he's gone. Wow, now. that's crazy. You know, what I would I, mean? I guess yeah, I guess that would make sense. I mean, that's yeah, that's insane. But um on another topic, a lot of cancel culture has 
for some reason. Wait, wait, wait. Would we would we describe what cancel culture is? So cancel culture is um it's well basically, you know, like you see something small will happen or or something from the past will be brought up to cancel someone. Right. Right. So um in two thousand three there were rape allegations against Kobe Bryant. And there's a lot of things that you could say about that and, and, and I probably will get into that, but no one talked about that. Like that, I didn't even know about that until he died and people started talking about it. Like clearly, it didn't, like there wasn't like. It wasn't significant. There wasn't like a witch hunt for him. Like there was for like other people, right? Because Weinstein, everybody knew that Weinstein was an asshole. Everybody in his like circles and, and people even outside of his circle, they knew that, yeah, he you know he sexually assaulted girls and he asked he asked for all these favors and and he was just overall a general creep right right but with kobe bryant the fact that i don't it didn't seem credible basically like you always should take rape accusations as like as as credible even if you know still innocent until proven guilty but you need to look at every accusation as it could be credible and of course, this happened in 2003. So this was before the whole Me Too movement and everything started blowing up. Right. So it, it it that does give it a little bit of credibility. It being before, um, a time when it was like cool to do it. Almost, I, I right. don't want to say cool to do it, but like when people started doing it more. Yeah. Um, but I don't think she ever. I don't think the woman ever testified. No, she refused to testify. Um, and you know that's just like one of those things too, like. When you look at literally everything that everybody that's come in contact with Kobe has said about him, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, and Ellen all made moments on their shows dedicated, and all three of them like teared up. Yeah, and and those would be the people that would know if he's a scumbag. Yeah, like the people that know him best, and like so that's what kind of like it's like. Are you serious? Like okay, because if if somebody's famous, somebody blows up, right? There's going to be people out to bring them down. That's just the way it is. And if literally everybody that knows him best says that how great of a guy he is, like, I'm going to believe them over. Right. And I mean, I'm obviously, you know, like there's things where like, yeah, there is rape that happens in the world and you can't just like blow people off. Right. Most of it isn't false accusations. Right. right. But I think, and it's also popular that maybe Kobe Bryant, um, uh, like made like a like a like a moves a move towards her that wasn't like a sexual assault thing, and she just read it differently than what it than what he meant. And that's know? just the thing; like we have no idea what happened, right. we, so like we right. can't. Who are and and this is what really pissed me off. Like, literally a day after he died, I see a post on Facebook that says, "Remember when Kobe Bryant raped somebody? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and." Like, that just pissed like he just died with his 13 year old daughter right and seven other people in a helicopter crash his wife and his other three kids like, and and now and like yeah okay and you're well, just what is the point of posting that that's, that's um yeah so that's it's rough because that like the the rape allegations should be something that we keep in our mind because we don't know whether or not they were true but and I don't want to say that I don't. I, okay. So in a way by doing that, you're kind of tarnishing his legacy almost immediately. Right. Right. A day he after had he a died. complicated legacy with the fact that he did have rape allegations. Granted, they were at the very, they were like at the very beginning of the last of the mo of the last decade or not the, even the last decade, the decade before that. So like this happened, this was I was three years old. You yeah. know what I'm saying? This happened so long ago, and there hasn't been anything since. If he was, uh, if he was sexually assaulting people, he either got really good at keeping it hidden, or he wasn't. Right. And yeah. when you're famous, it's really hard to keep that shit. Because look at Weinstein. Forty people came out against that guy, and that guy has been charged in like three, four different states. Yeah, that dude's in pre- that dude's in prison. Don't you think if Kobe was such a scumbag that more people would be coming out about this? Right. But and and not only that, like, okay, if we're gonna talk about like rape and and women being sexually assaulted, okay, let's do that. But let's not do it 
a day after a guy died. Like there isn't there's there some, a time and a place. Isn't for there it. somebody else that you yeah. can talk about that for? You know, I mean, like let's Kobe inspired generations of future basketball players, not only basketball players, but just everyday people too, you know, just like the way he was, his mentality, like that's inspiring. Like that's the way he should be remembered. Right. And all the good things that he's done instead of picking one supposed incident right. that we don't even know is true and then just blasting it all over the place. Right. You know I, mean? I read an article and it was titled like the complicated uh, legacy of Kobe Bryant. And most of it was talking about his achievements in basketball and his achievements. Other, you know, fucking Christ. Okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I'll have to remember to cut that out. Um, <laughs> okay. So anyways, so I, I, so yeah, it's like, it like lined out like everything that he's like achieved. And then at the very end, it mentioned the rape allegations. And I think that that is a way that you should remember someone because they were accusations and we do not know like technically yes he he won so by law he didn't but we both know that the law lies and and, and innocent people get sent to jail and, and guilty people go free so like between you and me we don't know if he actually did but we can look at all these things and say yeah okay he was accused and from what i know i don't think he did it But it's still we should still remember that because there is a place to talk about it. So here's the the day after someone like that dies, we should be remembering their legacy and then using that as a using that as a talking point to talk about it. Because most of the time when people bring up, you know, like these rape and these sexual assault allegations, they don't ever want to actually do anything about them. Mm -hmm. And and we need to. And and so here's the thing, too, is like. It's so easy to, this is what makes it so complicated, is it's so easy to accuse somebody. Like, I could accuse you of murdering somebody right now. Like, I could just accuse right. you of that. And, you know, and then, okay, so let's say I just accuse you, Cole James Anderson, of murder right now, right? So then you Bit go to rude, court. but okay. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then they're like, Jack, you want to tell us your reasoning behind this, what this is all about? You want to talk about this? No. And then, literally, you had no choice in the matter. Right. You were just accused of murder. Right, and then the other person just dips, and that well, then then the case would be dropped, which just makes it so complicated. Is like the case was dropped, the court case was dropped for Kobe Bryant, and like, well, the, here's the thing to understand is because, um, by by my understanding, and 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 I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know 100 percent why, um, she didn't testify, um, but a lot of these things people think that like oh they're they're doing this to get famous. Can you name a single one of Trump's accusers? Stormy Daniels. That she didn't accuse him of sexual assault. She just said that she paid that he paid. That's no. not like a sexual assault. Sure. There's like there's like a bunch of women that have come out against Trump. And can you name a single one of them? No. No, but literally the entire right was saying they're just doing that to get famous. But I literally can't name a single one of Weinstein's, Trump's, fucking um Pete, not P. Diddy, fucking what's his face, R. Kelly. I can't name a single one of those accusers. And the stigma used to be, oh, well, you're going to get famous and you're going to get death threats and stuff. And that's probably, it's very possible that maybe it did happen and she didn't want to be witch hunted by, you know, basketball fans or whatever. So, or on the opposite side, he just didn't rape her. And again, and she did it for money. We don't know. Well, see here, that's what makes this whole thing such a complicated issue. It's like, if it did, if now I'm not using the example of Kobe, I'm just using a general case. Sure. Somebody raped somebody, like somebody actually raped somebody and they accuse them of it. Like, yeah, if you rape somebody, like, yeah, like castrated or killed, you know? Yeah, of course. But that's fucking horrible. Yeah. There's literally uh, every single crime. It can be justified except for rape. And 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 not only that, but like that's what makes it such a complicated issue because I'm all for like punishing people that rape people. The problem is there have been many, many cases where people just lie about it. You know well, what I mean? mean? There's always yeah, there's always gonna be those cases. And, and but also statistically 
false accusations are less common. But I guess you know what you know what would really help. We need a study that shows how often, um, how often there are false accusations in like everyday life to normal people, and then how often there are false. You know, because maybe maybe between you and me, us regular people, if someone down the street accused another person that we know of sexual assault, the likelihood that that was a false accusation is relatively low because that probably did happen. But with a celebrity, I feel like the chances of it being a false accusation kind of rise because there's just a lot of crazies. Yeah. And and it's easy to target them. Right. They got a lot of money. They're famous. And, and they, the also thing that sucks for them is like, they have to face these things in the face of the public. Right. Like if if, yeah. if an everyday person was like facing a rape accusation, let's just say it wasn't f- true. Let's just say it was a false rape accusation. So like for me, if I was facing a fa- false rape accusation, I wouldn't have to deal with it in front of the entire world. Right. You know, it wouldn't be on the news. It wouldn't be. It would be but, relatively, it'd be relatively contained. Right. But a celebrity that everybody knows that's going to get blasted. And so they have to live with that, yeah. you know, and, that's and then the there's always going to be people that think they did it. Yep. And then there's always going to be people that defend them. Yep. And that's the thing about it, too, because then, you know, we know that R. Kelly, a fucking piece of shit, and he's done all these horrible things, but there are still people that, like, support him, and that's really messed up. If you know somebody's, like, messed up, like, yeah, but... (laughs) This Kobe Bryant thing is less... It's kind of similar, but less similar to... um, the situation with Michael Jackson, because there used to be like a lot of stuff that, you know, like right after Michael Jackson's death, that's when like a lot of stuff came out about like him and like, we don't know, you know, we can't sit him down and he, and he can't tell us cause he's, he's dead, you know? Right. And you, you can tell with, with these people, usually it's usually their being is pretty telling. And, of course, I don't know, I, and I never knew Kobe, but he didn't seem like an asshole. He didn't seem no. like the kind of guy to He's a family man. people. Yeah, and and he he seemed more than happy to to have children and 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 do his career, and he had goals. And it's 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 unfortunate, is what it is, mm-hmm. because because now, I mean, there's this accusation out there, and then you got people saying that you can't just you can't just sweep the girls thing under the carpet, but then we don't even know if it's true or not. And so like, it's just so complicated because it just divides people. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I don't know. And I don't sit on the side of, I think he did it or I don't think he did it. I sit in the middle because I don't know. And I never will know. Do I think that he did it? No, I don't. But if I say that people are going to witch hunt me, if I say that he did, I'm going to lose friends. You just, you know, it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough. tough. But, but you know, then with stuff like Weinstein, yeah, of course the fucker did it. Yeah. It's know. so obvious. Yeah. And then with Trump, it's complicated. Cause it's like, well, the dude was running for fucking president. So there's a lot of people who did not want him as president, Yeah, you know, but it's also possible that maybe shit did happen because that grab him by the pussy line is uh not locker room talk. Let's just say that. Yeah. I do not think that that is locker room. I've never heard someone say that in a locker room. Let's just say that. And I've been in my fair share of locker rooms. Yeah. It's but it's just, also that maybe Trump just had has bad judgment and he just said that. And he's not a bad guy. I don't know him. So I can't tell you. We that. just, it's so tough because we don't know these That's people. That's right. You know what I mean? Uh, so like, maybe, maybe, like, maybe when we blow up, we can meet them and we can make these decisions ourselves. Right. So that being said, that being said, we are not the type of people to be throwing our opinion all over the place. That's right. Because my opinion is that I don't have one because I I don't have enough credible information. Yeah. And and throwing it all over the place in terms of saying it's true, like a Facebook post that says, uh, remember in Kobe Bryant raped somebody? Nobody should forget that. Yeah. Or like like someone like reposted it and they were like, um, they were like. Rip his daughter, but Kobe was a rapist or something like that. It's like, whoa. Yeah. It's like you, but the but whoa, no. Yeah. It's, we don't know that. Yeah. The case was dropped. Is it possible? Sure, but we don't know. Exactly. He's dead. What are you talking let about? Let the guy die. <laughs> well, maybe not. Let okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's just but tough. The world is the world is it's so just, frustrating. You know, at the end of the day, that's what that's one of the things that I'm worried about too. Because you know, I this is gonna be a little bit off topic, but I've been watching a architectural digest on YouTube, mm. and they like do like these huge showcases of these giant. 5, 10, 30, 50, 100 million dollar mansions. And I'm like, holy shit, they're so nice. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, well, I'm going to make it one day. And I'm going to buy one of those. And I'm going to have a bunch of friends over. We're going to fucking party. I'm going to have Leonardo DiCaprio hey, over. Yeah. I'm like, yo, we're going to fucking duel. But then what if I find out that one of my heroes is an asshole? What if I find out that Joaquin Phoenix is a fucking dick? Yeah. We don't, and that, that, like, I've thought about that before too. Like, Jimmy Fallon, like I'm such a big fan. Like if I went, if I like got my one chance to meet him, and he's an asshole to and he's you, just a prick. Maybe, like, maybe, he's, maybe he's even just having a bad day too. Yeah, and you just don't know. Like yeah. that's that sucks. But you know, suck. it goes both ways. It sucks for them too. Because yeah. like if I was a celebrity, feeling like every day I have to have the best day ever. You know, yeah. like every person I meet, I have to treat like they're my long lost brother. You know, right. like I'm. <sighs> Granted, though. I almost like I know I know like a lot of celebrities are kind of like oh my god I don't like that but like I would that would be great oh I, for sure yeah to but be like for how long right yeah you know what I mean because like, like thinking about it, it's like oh my god I I love people coming up to me oh, I loved your film you're one of my inspirations that'd be fucking great but then but also well there's there's real people like that and then there's people who just want your fucking signature so they can sell something on eBay yeah or they just want a picture so they have clout like. <sighs> I just, I just hope I have, if if I were to get to that point, I hope that I have more intimate moments than sideshow moments. You know, For I don't sure. want to be this, this fucking carnival act to them. Yeah. You know, it's 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 complicated. <laughs> carnival. <laughs> carnival act. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is complicated. It's like I mean, okay, though. so like I've totally had days where like I just like I'm 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 open to anything. Like, dude, yeah, I want to meet a bunch of people. You know, like this is a great day. Yeah. And then I've had days where like just. Nobody even isolate yourself. To me. Yeah, don't talk to me yeah. at all. No one. I don't want any communication today. I'm just gonna game all day long. Maybe I have to make a trip to the store. You know. Right. And so yeah. if I'm having one of those days as a celebrity, and I and I go to the store, and then I got people just like mobbing me, like, well, you know, that's, that's the, best, the best thing about being a celebrity, though, because once you reach a certain point, you can just hire someone to go shop for you. For sure, yeah. <laughs> and, and, then, and then you'll have like you know you'll have a security team so no one bothers you when you go bowling or something yeah just like <laughs> buy the arena for the yeah. night buy the bowling arena <laughs> yeah i mean like yeah i think about that stuff too because it's like you know what if you gotta you know because i feel like if we got popular and 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 we managed to sell a, a couple films and we had maybe 50 100 million dollars under our belt and all of a sudden we'd be like okay so i'm gonna buy a mansion on the west side i'm gonna buy a mansion on the east side and then i'm gonna buy a mansion in south dakota maybe even one in texas all right so that i can travel between them and always have a home yeah. and then you know oh i gotta have a butler at, at, the, at these ones and i gotta have a chef at these ones oh we gotta make sure i have a driver with me because i, I don't want to be driving yeah know? <laughs> yeah, you know. like, I feel like I feel like I'd reached this point where I'm like, oh well, I got to be constantly working on the next script, you know. Yeah. And then I like think about it, and I'm like, well, I like occasionally cooking. Uh, I like I like driving. Um, you know, maybe let's push the butler to the side a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's and and that's another thing too is like is celebrities' lives are such under a magnifying yeah. glass to the yeah. public. You know, like, you can't go out if you're a celebrity. Everything they do is yeah. just you know like picked apart. Everything and I'm not say. a person to go to parties too. I feel like that's the only place where they're okay is like celebrity parties. But I'm not even. I I feel like I would not fit in in a celebrity party. Just like. Kind of just want to play Fortnite my right left now. And there's fucking LeBron, and turn my right, and there's Billy, and I'm like, oh, I don't fit in here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a kid from South Dakota. Yeah, you know, I just <laughs> eat my little Caesars. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, I show up to this party and the fucking John Alton and shits, and I'm, I'm like, I brought pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got crazy bread. I know you like crazy bread. You got the crazy bread. They've got five course meals by the be Gordon Ramsay's cooking up a storm there. We show up, want some chocolate milk? <laughs> oh my, I was thinking about this the other day. If Gordon Ramsay ever cooked for me, I fucking made it. Dude, if I was just watching him at Great Life today. Really? He was on like, when you were on the treadmills. Like, oh, like he a was TV at plane. Great Life. You're like, holy no, shit. Yeah, I was just right. Oh, he's my bud, old Gordo. 
No, yeah. He was like on the TV and he was like out shooting goats and it was pretty yeah, sweet. Dude, it's pretty Gordon sick. Ramsay is a great guy. He's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. I if yeah, I feel like I know I've reached I've reached my peak in my life if Gordon Ramsay has has cooked for me. Yeah. And not like not like you go to one of his fucking restaurants and like one of no, like him. He comes to my house and he uses my kitchen and my food and he cooks for me. That's my goal. That's peak. That's peak. So so here's It's an, only downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh like Jacob said, he, he's like uh my peak in life, Vikings win the Super Bowl. What's the point of me even living? <laughs> After that, I know anything. I'm never gonna be as happy as that. <laughs> That's his peak. That's his peak. That's sad. <laughs> no, his okay. peak depends on other people <laughs> doing his job for him. Here's an here's an interesting Here's an interesting question. Okay, let's hear it. Say you made it big and you're in, and you're in Hollywood. Any famous person, not just actors, but I thought any about this directors. Oh, okay. Who is who'd be like your friend group? Like who'd you want to like you know like having a little get together at your house? If you could pick a couple like people, celebrities, okay, to hang so, out with. So I have a few people that I really admire that I think that I think I would get along with. Sure. So David Dobrik isn't necessarily like a celebrity, but I would bring some like YouTube, some like people that I knew from YouTube over. So, you know, David Dobrik, you know, your D for Darius or maybe James Charles, James, <laughs> James Charles. No, James A. Janice from Dead Me. You know, gotta first, first we'll get the YouTube people in. Okay? Right, right, right. And then, you know, Billie Eilish. I feel like I feel like I would get to know. I feel like she'd be a cool friend. Leonardo DiCaprio. I, I need to I need to talk to this guy. Of course. Um, That'd be one of the coolest conversations. Michael Bay. I don't like his movies, but he seems like a really chill guy and you know i like explosions for sure you might as well that'd be good for david's vlog um and then i feel like well you obviously of course everybody knows that of course yes i'm sorry sorry i left you like yeah you know what um the post malone posty on your shirt wearing a posty shirt today yes sorry you guys can't see him but just imagine post malone i'm gonna point the mic at look at it Yes, hear it. Hear my Can you shirt. hear my shirt? <laughs> All right, so um, we got we got YouTubers, Posty, Billy, yeah, Leo. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of music stars I deal along with too. For like, sure. there's some like I feel like I like some of Taylor Swift stuff. She she seems like she'd be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Smith seems cool. Um, he's got a really angelic voice, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely. I would absolutely kill to meet like John Boyega, Di- Di- Daisy Ridley, and like those. Yeah, I would just pick like a bunch of like people from shit that I knew, honestly. Yeah, and and like it'd be like a really mismatched group, but for sure. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'd do. That'd be pretty cool. What about you? Well, for sure, like my top one is Jimmy Fallon. Of course, I think, like, he'd be oh, such yeah, a of course. He'd yeah. be such a fun one to hang. What out What if with? you got like Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Conan, just all the Ellen, late night shows, and, and then just have them like sit in like a circle and talk? That'd be so crazy. That'd be crazy. So if I had to have like a little get together, it'd be. In my little friend group, if I could pick, it'd be Jimmy. Of course, I'd invite Leo over. Oh, He's, of course, yeah, of course. I everywhere. mean, I would too. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I said, yeah. Um, Posty. What about Brad Pitt? He'd be interesting, but I don't know if he'd fall into my friend group. Sure, you know I mean? I'd have to sure. get in all the guy. He sure. seems cool, but he, I mean, he'd be guy. a friend of Leo's. Right, right. right, right. He can pop along if he wants. Uh, <laughs> probably, you know, Le- LeBron would be a really cool guy to talk to. Oh yeah. He'd just be a cool guy to like yeah. just have a conversation. A Shaq. Shaq. He'd be in Shaq my friend group. Yeah, Shaq would be in our sure. friend group immediately. Yeah. Um I mean, there's a lot of people that I'd love to like have a conversation with, but like just hang out with. I don't know. Right. You know what I mean? Um It seems like I feel like some of the Stranger Things cast at Billy yeah, Bobby cause, Brown. Because, you know, um, a lot of people more our age, yeah. you know, a little younger, yeah. like, you know. We because we it's good to have like a spectrum. Right. You know? Get some child actors in there, some like popular ones right now. Like from the like film, your Finn Wolfhards, your uh, your Billy Bobby Browns, Bill Hader. Holy crap, Bill Hader would be. Fu- I don't know if he'd be Nick our Kroll. friend group. Nick Kroll, Nick Kroll, yeah, for sure. I love Nick Kroll. He's my boy. That would be 
I like how we're doing this episode of the podcast is just us daydreaming. Yes, us daydreaming. Welcome to the small, small YouTubers daydreaming podcast. You know what's going to be crazy by like episode 40 when we're like in Hollywood (laughs) and you can like see. So we got Leo here with us today. If you guys remember back in episode eight, (laughs) we actually daydreamed about this happening and now he's our best friend. The character arc throughout (laughs) the the podcast is really developing us. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's it just hit 30 minutes. Let's take a quick ad break. Ad break. Go. <gasps> wow. What a great and different ad from last time. <laughs> it was the exact same. The what exact are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. Um, I don't really have that much to talk about. Honestly, you have, any, you have anything interesting um, to talk about? Well, I mean, we could talk about the song I recorded today because guys, this is stressing me out, okay? This is serious, guys. I made a song because, like, I found, as I've talked about, Soundtrap. This is a great site for making beats and stuff. And so I made this whole, like, It is, beat. and it's free. It's free. It's, it's great. It's free. Check and it so, out. so I made this whole song, and I wrote the lyrics and everything, and we just recorded it today. But I've never done, like, a song before, like, where me singing and, like, it's about Kobe. It's about... It's kind of like a White Iverson-esque, very inspired by uh, Stoney album. And I'm really nervous to put it out there because I'm not really confident in doing this for the first time. And obviously... You're never going to be confident in doing it the first no, time. Yeah. And I'm just afraid it's going to be like cringy and people are going to hate it. And I just don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. It's always going to be cringy the first time. It's for sure. Always going to be. Always. Well, that's because, you know, you're not used to it. You haven't found your footing. Mm. It's like, you know, we look back at our very, very first stuff with yeah. film. It's it's cringy as hell. Yeah, no kidding. My name is Tom. Isn't even. That's not even your first, your guys' first thing. Oh, but like, yeah. you can tell that like, oh, they had to have gotten to this point somehow because it's 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 relatively good for what you guys were doing at the time yeah we had a bunch of videos we deleted then, before that yeah and and it's it's apparently obvious i was like i was like looking at it, i'm like this is too good for their first video right yeah <laughs> like if if i actually pulled up my very first video it's just called legos trying to make a movie it's like nine-year-old me and six-year-old eddie playing with legos at our table and <laughs> <laughs> The character arc from yeah, there. Yeah, the character arc. <laughs> to Slick Trigger 2019. <laughs> Cole and I were talking about how we weren't going to talk about Slick Trigger. God dang it. Oh, I did that on Jack. purpose. I did that on purpose. <laughs> we're never, ever going to get through an episode and us not talking so, like, about it. So, like, when we were on set of Slick Trigger oh 2019. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> No, yeah. Speaking of, you know what? You know what? You know what? Right. No, the thing I'm really excited about is making my own feature film. Oh, for sure. Because I've like I've written stuff in the past, but like I've never like written a full fledged feature. I tried with Demons, aka now named Glassman, and I tried with that, and I got about thirty pages in, and the story just it wasn't going anywhere. And that's when I also decided that like, oh, that's going to be a really expensive film to make because I need hospitals, I need malls, I you know, it's like I need fucking this and that and all these extras. And I was like, I'm not willing. We're not in a position to get a fucking shit ton of extras anymore because we're out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be really hard to do that. So I was like, okay, so I need a contained story. And then I came up with this idea for Reality Bleeding. And... I might need five or six extra actors, but those are like really quick scenes, you know, right. and like even the longer ones who are like side characters, like I, you know, I could play them or someone else we know close could play them. Like it's really simple stuff. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And you're working on your second, but yep. would you say, okay, think about it this way. Cause I know slick trigger was, like I know, I know it was your senior project, but you constantly say it wasn't for the senior project. You still wanted to do it. You just made it your senior project because mm-hmm. it was like coincidental that it was all happening. Would you say that Shoreline is more so your first feature because you're mm-hmm. actually going for like complete ownership of everything? So because you know you want to have like copyright you want to you want to actually license the song okay yes yeah so that's a good point so basically slick trigger i would say is the first feature that i made because i was going to make slick trigger the movie regardless of senior project but that kind of sped up the process of like right in the it also gave you motivation right in my life's timeline that moved it forward and so but 
the things that I'm doing with this next film that I've learned from Slick Trigger make it more of a yeah yeah more of an official feature like Slick Trigger you know we used a lot of um, copyrighted copyrighted songs songs that we didn't own and this this one we're like going for I want to go for film festivals I want to make this totally original I want to have like really you know ideally everybody would like to have as many pop songs as they want in their movie right I for sure need one in this one. And so <laughs> there's, a, there's one song that I'm, that I want licensed to. Yeah. It's like, and I will do whatever it takes to get that because I need that. So that being said, yeah, this film's pretty much like our first, like full all original, like soundtrack. Um, yeah. like I actually really like you read the script. It's more of a aged script, you know yeah. what I mean? More of a detailed, right. You know, Definitely put yeah. more effort and learning from Slick Trigger, and um, hopefully we can keep continuity and, right. and stuff like that. Like like with yours, like with yours, we just read um, Cole's short film script. One for bad day. One bad day. Yep. Um, which is the concept for his new feature right. film, Reality Bleeding. Okay. Yeah, and so like, and I think that's a super good idea. I don't know yeah. if you want to tell them what sure. you told me. Well, um. So I've decided, and and, and I, I kind of sort of got this idea from another YouTuber, um, YouTuber Darius when he was in film school, he wanted to shoot a feature, and but for his like finished like final project, he needed to shoot like a short film, so he shot the last fifteen minutes of his movie. And then he basically used that as a stepping point to then continue production for the rest of the film because he's like, we already have the we already have the end done. We just need to finish the rest of the film. So for me, um, the the short film is actually the very beginning of the feature. So if you've seen the short film, you've seen the first however so minutes of the feature, which is super cool because if right. you love the short film, you're like, dude, they made a whole movie on this, right? You know so I mean? then when I make the short film. I'm going to attempt to run it through some uh, festivals if I can. Um, And then I'm like, if, you know, if it does well, I'm not going to market it as the short film. I'm going to market it as the first 15 minutes of reality bleeding. Um, Because at that point, at that point, then I've already begun production on the fit on the feature. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah. And, and you know, what's, what it is. you know, what's cool about that is like the short film gives you a, a, a grasp on the concept for the film. And so I think running it through film festivals will like get it, get the film film festival ready. Right. You know what I mean? Cause like, obviously as we talked about last week, there's a lot of pricks in the filmmaking industry right. and, getting their feedback from your from your short will like totally like that'll just be so helpful right you know what i mean and then i and then since it's the beginning of the film if i need to reshoot or rewrite anything we have the opportunity to do that without having to redo the entire thing exactly we could reshoot small bits yeah. you know which is super helpful which is yeah that's super helpful because i also want to do a test screening when we finish the film um and we're going to rent out Westwell 7 for one showing. And we're going to, I don't know if I'm going to do tickets or if I'm just going to invite a bunch of people. Because, um, I mean, it would be nice to make some money from that. But I also don't know if I'd legally be in a place to be able to do that. So depending on the time, I may or may not uh, have to people pay for it. But we'll do a test screening. And then I'm going to try to get as much feedback as I possibly can. And if I decide that, yes, I do need to reshoot or maybe like the ending needs to be reshot or rewritten or something, we have time to do that. So like you did with Slick Trigger, the moment we start shooting, I'm editing the same night. Yeah, for sure. Because it's so I want to be on top of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then that also helps with reshoots while you're shooting because mm-hmm. we reshot that one scene in Slick Trigger maybe four or five times. Yeah, the scene inside the church. Yeah, the, the yeah. final reveal scene of which, which is why it's so helpful to edit like when you're doing such a big project because the last thing you want is like everybody's like done with filming. So say like we had waited till like after school got out and everybody left and we're like, oh shoot, we need to redo some of these scenes. Right. That would have sucked. 
Yeah. So it really helps to edit. Plus, I mean, it speeds up the, the process. It does. Because when you get near the end of filming, you're like, oh, well, the movie's almost done now. Right. Like, actually almost like done. Like, it's literally genuinely almost done. Yeah, which makes it all the more satisfying. Right. Um, But it's also kind of in a it's it's there's some problems with it because you need to be able to show it to other people to get feedback but if you're showing it to other people while you're making it that's kind of ruins the whole because you don't want to show someone an unfinished project right so you have to bring in people that maybe are working on the project with you and maybe they decide oh that performance wasn't good we should redo that Mm -hmm. yeah it's a complicated process it's a complicated process but i'm really i have i was talking to robert about this last night um, he wants to go to UCLA, the University of California, University of California, Los Angeles. And, um, that is one of the most prestigious schools for filmmakers. Really? And he got accepted to a school that is very, very similar to it. And I'm sitting here like, I dropped out of technical school and I want to be this high and mighty filmmaker, you know? And I'm like, if everything goes exactly the way I plan it to, and I make a perfect film, Reality Bleeding is a perfect film, I can sell that, and then boom, I'm at the top. And I don't have to worry about it. And then people, because there was a, there was a, there's a fucking, there's this one filmmaker, I can't remember his name, but he made a film for $5,000, I want to say. And he got it into Sundance. It was called Primer. And he made half a million dollars. Half a million dollars. That profit margin is so damn high. That's insane. That's like 500 times, I want to say. It's a 500 times profit margin. So, and then, like, immediately, everybody in the industry was interested in him. And he was getting, he was getting deals from Netflix and Universal. and, and No like way. All these really? Yeah, like, literally, like, left and right. So then he... And then he he kind of disappeared, and then he showed up again a few a few like years later with another film, and that did even better. Who is this guy? Ah, fucking Shane something, Shane Wright or something. This guy's like, if you look up Primer director, um, let's do that really quick. But no, yeah, this guy's like, he's he's making a film, um, and Tom Holland, Tom Holland, Spider Man, Tom Holland said that he read the guy's script and it was the most insane script he's ever read. Really? Yes. That's that. That's like what I, I don't, and I don't want to compare myself to him, but yeah, I could see myself like if, if it were to go perfectly, I could see. Us and and that's that. the thing. Shane, Shane Carruth. Excuse oh, me. Okay. Shane Carruth. And he just did that on his own. And he did that on his own. Tarantino. Basically. You know, that's the cool thing too is like you know like okay like Tarantino didn't go to school right for that stuff he worked he, he said he worked in like a like a video store didn't yeah he? he learned how to make movies by watching movies and that's a cool thing is like when you write you can write whatever you want and there's so much freedom in that yeah and so then all you have to do then is to film it and sometimes writing and filming are equally difficult but sometimes one easier than the other. Yeah. But when you get it all polished and the way you want it and you put it out there, if you want a film festival, like do they, what, what, what all rewards do you get? Like, how do you get recognition from people? Like, right. So you want to go to like a, I don't, I think they're called like tier one festivals. And that's your, you know, your Sandance, your South by Southwest, your cans. Cause those are like the, those are regarded as like the most important film festivals. And they cost a lot to get into. Their cost rates are a l- little bit expensive, but like, if not, your film's good, it's if your it. film's good, it's gonna get it. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and you should you should have trust in that. Because um, if you can if you can get into a tier one festival, your chances of distribution and selling the film are really high. Because most of those films do end up getting sold or they do end up getting distribution deals or hell, they even get fucking, you know, reshoots from with a company or something. So getting into a tier one festival, if we could do that with either of our films, even if one of our films makes it in, that would be a huge accomplishment 
for sure. Because then, let's say, uh, let's say Shoreline got into a tier one festival, um, and you know you're going up as director and main lead, and then I go up as director of photography or whatever. And then you know you have Dylan Lardy. Dylan Dylan doesn't want to be a fucking actor. Guess what? <laughs> Boom! You just spot. sold this film to Universal, and you just got a distribution deal. You know, maybe it's going to Netflix or something. You know, you just made two, three, four, five million dollars. You know, yeah. And that's that's crazy because Joker Joker was made with the endorsement of I want to say Warner Bros. and DC or something like that, and but they premiered it at cans and it won like best film like best feature and then that helped you know because they didn't they shot it and they didn't shoot it with the intention of if it, if it's bad we're not gonna you know we're not gonna distribute this publicly but then it won a shit ton of awards at a shit ton of festivals and yeah yeah like that's that's it's totally attainable but you have to make a really good film yeah, and I, I I don't know. I just think it's like it's such a risk. Cause like I pay fifty bucks to just enter Slick Trigger just to apply it right for a film festival. Then but, you get uh, but also understand. Yeah, it's it it is a huge risk because you know let's say uh, let's say um, Sundance costs one hundred fifty dollars for one submission. Okay, and we both submit our films to Sundance. That's $300 down the drain if we don't get in. If we do get in, we have to spend more money on travel and hotel and food to be there. And we, you know how much fun that would be, though? It would be, no, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a lot of fun. But then we'd also, but then if we don't win, we'd be out more money. And then if we do win, hey, that's great. We could get a lot of recognition for that. But then someone doesn't approach us, but then someone has to approach us and be like, hey, here's my business card. Let's talk about distribution, Mm -hmm. you know, because and if you have a really good film and it wins best feature at Sundance, there are going to be so many companies fighting for your film because they're going to give you like a small amount of like the, like the distribution deal because they're making more money from it, but you're still making like a shit ton of money, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you can get to that point, which it's, it is totally attainable. And so there's a fucking 17 year old that won best feature at Sundance like two years ago. No way. How is that not attainable to us? We could totally do it. Yeah. We just need to make a good film. No way, a seventeen-year-old. Yes, a seventeen-year-old. He made a film himself. He made a film. Yeah, it was like it was like a slick trigger type thing, you know. But yeah. he, you know, he shot it beautifully, and, and he he had like a, a cast and a crew. Granted, he might have been the kid of some rich parents, but like the fact that he was still able to do that, right? Super telling. Anyone can be a filmmaker, and you know what? Even if we don't make it, we have plenty and plenty of years to keep grinding out. And just make as much shit as we possibly can. For sure. Because, you know, if, if that and if that doesn't happen, I'm going to go back to technical school and I'm going to get my degrees and I'm going to work a good job. And on weekends, I'm going to make fucking movies until it becomes my job. Yes. You because keep doing You don't quit if it doesn't work. You just exactly. keep doing it. Exactly. Yeah, tell, That's tell right, about Charlie. It, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie just me out. I don't know if you guys heard that. Give him one. Give him one, Charlie. He just sniffed it. He's a good right. little kitty. Um, yeah, we got about 10 minutes left. <sighs> yeah, just a film festival life. I'm stressed about film festivals, and I haven't even finished writing my fucking film. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the Shane Carruth guy. He, this is you. This this guy is you with Slick Trigger. Directed by Shane Carruth. Produced by Shane Carruth. Written by Shane Carruth. Starring Shane Carruth and his buddy. Music by Shane Carruth. Edited by Shane Carruth. Mm, what's his name? Why do you spell his last name? Uh, C A R R U T H. Um, so speaking of original soundtracks and stuff like we were talking about earlier, I've actually picked out four songs, uh, three songs, um, from your dad's band that I want to use. In my really yeah. sick! That's yeah. awesome. Um, and then I have a couple songs from. Ology that I want I, I think I have two songs from Ology I have a couple songs from Brock 
And I want, I was going to ask your dad because I want as I want at least like three original tracks. So Brock has, Brock has given me one original track for reality bleeding. Um, I'm going to get Ology to make me an original track for Reality Bleeding, and then I'm going to ask your dad if he can make a track for my movie. Oh, yeah. He's just getting his band back together. Is he? Yeah. Yo, Let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah. That's super cool. Because, yeah, I think that's the way to go. Like, support local yeah. people. Yeah. And that's the best way to do it, too, because, you know, hey, if we fucking sell our film, a bunch of people are going to be like, what the hell is the roller shop? Yo, gay, they got some hey. bombs. And then pretty soon, the Spotify is going to blow up and yeah. they're going to be fucking popular and, and he's going to fucking get deals. Pretty soon, it's, it's helping you. Each other. It's you, me, my dad, and Posty on stage, you yeah, know, bopping away. Yeah, before with you Leo. know it, it's fucking. It's fu- <laughs> For <laughs> some Leo. reason, he's yeah, there. Before you know it, it's fucking Brock and Ology and, and, and your dad's band. Man and fucking yeah. and and me and you and Leo. Hey, you're just <laughs> Jack Hammer, a little boy <laughs> singing coconut, <laughs> coconut, yo, coconut, yo, coconut. daddy in my eyes. <laughs> Did you say daddy in my? Yeah, that could be a song. Daddy, no, that would not be a good song. No, at no, all. You could add some auto tune. Daddy in my eyes. Yeah, dude, I'm super excited. Um, we got a lot of a lot of projects coming. So money moves working so hard. Big boy buckets. Big boy. Did you say big boy buckets? Yes. What is that? Just like we're just draining the buckets slightly. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? All right. I was just weird. I was confused. You know what we should do for an episode is we should do impressions. Impressions. I'd be I don't know. Just uh, I don't know. Yeah. We can do Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why did I hire you? <laughs> You're like the worst. The best, worst Jerry Seinfeld impression you can do. <laughs> what are you doing? Help me! Doing? She turns into a monster! Like Scoob! Like Scoob! <laughs> Don't make me get the peanut money! <laughs> uh, I could do uh, Joe Swanson from Family Guy. Hey, Peter, how's it going? How's it going, Peter? Yes, listen, I uh, I have some, in, I have some important news. You're a... Uh, your whole family just died. It's uh, quite unfortunate. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. That's pretty good. Just do just, let, we'll just do an entire episode just as in just as a character. Yeah. I'll be I'll be Maury from Big Mouth. Touch yourself cool. <laughs> I don't watch Big Mouth. I don't like Big Mouth. Not a fan. Really? Not a fan. You don't I like tried Big Mouth? watching it's just cringy. It's like ugh. Not a fan. Ooh. Ooh, not a fan. <laughs> Sorry, bro. You know what, Cole? I'm done with this podcast. You know, you know what? Podcast. I'm done. I can't believe I you. I can't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to the part of the podcast where we're just trying to extend the length. Yeah. Um, I don't you know, can maybe. quit watching now. Yeah. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> the next five minutes or us is going to be fucking around. Yeah. Cole flicking that, his lighter. That's what we have done for the last five minutes, actually. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Charlie? I'll tell you what. Um, I, I'm going to pull out a note card here. Sorry for you guys who can't see anything. Um, I am going to decorate my room in posters and movie posters from our projects. Hey. So currently I have Slick Trigger up. I'm going to print out the poster for Slick Trigger behind the scenes and I'm going to get you and Dill and me and Ed to sign it. Um, when I have the the design, I'm going to print out the poster for One Bad Day and then same for Reality Bleeding and I'm going to have people sign it. Um, gorilla, I made that poster for Gorilla. I saw that. That's awesome. And I'm gonna print that out, and I'm gonna have you guys sign it, including Aaron. Um, and then Robert's ten thirty nine three. He said that he'd send me a print of it, and then I'm gonna get that for him too. That's awesome. Just, just, just fill the whole room fill with our like podcasting our own space. personal shit. You know, yes, that'd be so cool. That's awesome. I'm also thinking about moving out later this year, really? maybe the end of summer, um, after the film is finished. Um, because then you know that's when I'd I'd have money again. Right, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna okay. waste a lot of money on on this film. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, my budget, by the way, currently for the film, put all the equipment together, ten thousand dollars. No way! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Look at you go. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm thinking about opening up a credit card Ooh. and just just getting it all, yeah. <laughs> all in one go and just having 10 grand in credit card debt. Yeah, I mean, that's the way to roll. My budget for Shoreline is 
still like $50 right now. Well, it's because you haven't gotten the camera yet. I actually ordered the camera. This Ooh, week. So then you can add that to the budget. You well, no, I, I like to keep the budget as low as I possibly no, can. So that way I can tell people, hey, no, made this on 15 that. bucks. You can't do that, though. All right, you, fine. We'll add the camera in 900 so it's at least, bucks. It's at least like a grand. Your, yeah. your budget for, for, for a shoreline then. Yeah. At least. And then when I get lenses, you can use my lenses. Would you say Slick Triggers is your budget movie? It was close. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, because we used a lot of, it was, rel- it was closer to like a hundred bucks, I want to say, yeah. because there were some extra props that we needed to buy. For sure. Um, and if you don't count gas, because there was a lot of gas spent going back and forth between yeah, places. True. But most of it, I'd say it was really, really, really it's, low budget. It's as close as you can get to. Yeah, because a, we li- you literally ran on one battery, one camera battery. <laughs> we cannot do that no, again. No, we can't do that, that again. That was torture. That was awful. It was, it was awful. It was awful. <laughs> literally, guys, if you're gonna get a, if you're gonna be a fucking filmmaker, find some way to have either multiple batteries or one really big battery. Yeah. Extension cords ain't gonna cut it. No, they're not. They're honestly. not. They're really not. And then you know, get yourself some lights that are wireless too. You know, that have battery. battery Did I tell you I got them. some? Did you? Two wireless lights. Are they like mine? Uh, do, uh, like, what are the battery plates? Are they like NPF batteries, or do you have to charge NPF? Them? They are NPF. Is that good? Yo, NPF. Let's go, baby. Gang. NPF. Or oh, those batteries are so good. Really? They hold so much. Yeah, that. There's, I have one up there um, on a charger. It's not plugged into the wall, but it's 10,000 milliamp hours. That could charge the A6400 for like a full day recording 4K. Wow. Yeah. So these lights take two. How long do you think they'll last? It takes two. So it has space for two plates for two NPF batteries. Yeah. You only need to put one in. It doesn't require two. Really? Yeah. But if you put two in, you get more. But usage. if you two in, then yeah, you. But so it, it lasts a really four. long time, though. So do I not order four? You should get as many batteries as you possibly can because because if you go with the same setup that I'm gonna use, because I want to get, um, the first things that I'm gonna buy for my camera, or obviously I'm gonna get the the camera lens package, and then I'm gonna buy a cage for it, and then I'm gonna buy an NPF battery plate with a dummy battery. And then the dummy battery, basically, it's pulling power from the NPF battery plate and you put a battery on it and then that will charge it for the entire day. Mm-hmm. So then if you have, let's say, four NPF 970s, which hold 10,000 milliamp hours, you could, that's plenty of power. That's plenty of power. That's, that's, that's enough power for lights for at least four or five hours and your bet your camera if you even use one battery for at least seven and eight, it's a lot of charge. Look at us go. Yeah. I'm going to order like, I'm going to have like at least 10 of those. I'm Batteries? Gonna order, yeah. Because I want to be able to like, because you never know. It's like a, it's like a mag for a gun, you know, right. just reload. <laughs> just shoot and film left and right. Um, yeah. Then I also want to get some cinema lenses. Oof. But those yeah, are those are spendy. Um, all if I, I bet, day I bet you money today? if I look. It's a Wednesday. It's I bet you money if I looked at all of the cinema lenses I wanted to buy. It's close to like two grand, and that's two. That's 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 a fifth of my budget is just cinema lenses, because I want to go like full manual as often as I can. For sure. Except when I'm on a steady cam, because when I'm on a steady cam, I go, go I can't go manual. Yeah. So. We're just rocking it out. We're rocking. Um, yeah, hey, that's uh, good enough time. Thank you guys. <laughs> good enough. <laughs> good enough. All right, um, peace. <laughs> bye. Um, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We're, we'll try to we're trying to keep it going a little bit longer. We should just end it. <laughs> just, just end <laughs> that would be so funny. Okay, bye. <laughs> you know what? Next podcast. Next podcast. All right. Just be like, okay. All right, bye. That would be sick. Thank you for listening. Cole's basement. All right. Um, check Jack out. Late night booming. Dorm booming. The cheese pops on YouTube, Instagram. Check Cole out. Anderson visuals. Cole James and Cole YouTube James and or. Well, that's my personal account. Oh, check him out. Yeah, you know I got. I'll give I you his phone number. TikTok. Dude, Vine came back technically. There's How a new so? app. There's a new app called Byte. It's by the same guy who made Vine. No way. Yeah, B Y T E. Check me out on 
on Byte at Cole James and that's sick. Is it six second videos? It's six second videos. <gasps> Let's go, dude. Vine is the best thing ever. So yeah, check us out on. Well, Jack's making an account right now as we speak. So uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to the small small YouTube channels podcast. I, be- I believe this was episode nine or eight, something like that. Uh, it's nine. It's episode nine. I can't believe we've been doing this for fucking nine weeks so long. Let's go. That's crazy. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We will see you next week. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Small Small YouTube Channels Talk Podcast with Cole James Anderson and Jack Unruh. And don't forget, new episodes every Friday.